Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. It's great to be together. Uh, we want to finish our series, our five-week series this week called Leaving Smallville. How many have enjoyed that series? It's been a blessing to me to kind of get the freshness of God, and we've talked about different things that enable us to get out of that small trap thinking, that small town blues, that uh, trapped sense that you have sometimes in your life. And I'll tell you, when we're talking about praying for the sick, when, when, if you're there and you're lethargic, you've been hit with that thing, and you're stuck in bed, there's no smaller feeling. I mean, you, you know, sometimes when you're sick or you're in pain, you can't imagine walking across the room, let alone traveling across the world. And so you gotta have, you have to have moments of God's touch. And so that's what we want to talk about today. What, uh, the touch of God to get you out of Smallville. <clears throat> Let's start with Matthew chapter 15. Our main text today is from the Passion Translation. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 says, Jesus left and went north into the non-Jewish Jewish region of Lebanon. He encountered there a Canaanite woman who shouted out to him, Lord, son of David, show mercy to me. My daughter is horribly afflicted by a demon that torments her. Verse 23, but Jesus never answered her. What? So his disciples said to him, why do you ignore this woman who's crying out to us? Jesus said, I've only been sent to the lost sheep of Israel. But she came and she bowed down before him and she said, Lord, help me. One translation says when she came, she worshiped him. She worshiped him. She said, Lord, help me. Jesus responded and he still says this, it's not right for a man to take bread from his children and throw it to the dogs. In other words, you're not part of the covenant family of God. It's not right for me to give you what is the bread of the children, the freedom from demons, freedom from oppression that is the bread of the children. It's not right for me to give it to the dogs. Verse 27, you're right, Lord, she replied, but even puppies get to eat the crumbs that fall from the prince's table. Jesus answered her, dear woman, your faith is strong. What you desire will be done for you. And at that very moment, her daughter was instantly set free from demonic torment. Isaiah 40 verse eight says this, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Let's pray together one more time. Father God, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for your spirit. Would you come and move in this place? Continue to bring wholeness and healing. Even those who began to receive a touch a few moments ago, let that keep percolating and working in them to energize their hearts. You said in your word in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit even quickens our mortal flesh, our mortal bodies. We thank you that there's a quickening that there's life-giving power in the presence of the Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. When we talk about leaving Smallville last week, we talked about crossing Jordan. The ultimate leaving Smallville was the transition between the 40-year wilderness journey and entering in to possess the promised land. And I'm telling you, everybody needs to hear it. If you weren't here last week, you need to hear that message and you can get it online or on our podcast. The only way out of Smallville is by dealing with old mindsets. That's what we talked about last week. Now, last week I was trying to surprise my wife's, uh, surprise my wife by cleaning the kitchen. You know, it's, uh, she says I always want the band to play when I clean the kitchen. I don't need a parade. I just want her to notice. And so as I was wiping off the counter, I noticed a small pile of crumbs. And this scripture about this lady just flooded my heart. I got revelation by blessing my wife. Hint, hint, men. Hint, hint. This woman, when Jesus is ignoring, ignoring her. Ever felt like your prayers are being ignored? Like you're praying and nothing's happening? Hello, McFly, anybody home in heaven? Hello? Bang, bang, bang. Ask, seek, knock. I'm doing it. I don't feel an answer. What's going on? Sometimes faith has to press beyond the feelings and just hang on to a crumb. This woman's revelation as she worshiped Jesus and fell at his feet You're right, Lord. It is the children's bread. You're right that I might not have any right to sit at your table. But even the dogs, even the little dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the table. Here was a woman that even, that felt ignored. Jesus did ignore her. We know it from scripture. She's Lebanese. She was a Gentile, had no covenant with God. She even shouted at Jesus, but no answer. I mean, sometimes you're praying and nothing happens. So you start shouting your prayer. You start start raising your voice as if God is hard of hearing. Sometimes we plead for help. And the pleading doesn't get anything. It's the faith that God responds to. Jonathan Zini said years ago, he said, if, if, if God was moved by need alone, then the greatest revivals and the greatest outpourings would be in the poorest cities of Africa, in the poorest cities of the land, of the world. But that's, but that's not where God, listen, God is moved by, into compassion by need. He's moved into action by faith and faith alone. Jesus said, lady, You're not qualified. And she said, I'll take a crumb because I know your power is so great, I don't need the meal. I don't need the whole thing. Just give me a taste. Freedom is your legal right as a child of God. That's the first thing you need to know. Freedom is a legal right. It is yours. If you're born again, 
If you're born again, let me tell you something, you're already part of the family of God. You're not like this woman anyway, but that woman's response blew Jesus away. In effect, she said, I don't need a big dramatic moment to experience a miracle. I just need one crumb from your word. Speak a crumb and my daughter will be set free. Today, we're gonna talk about our attitude toward the word of God and a message I simply call crumbs, crumbs. What's your attitude toward the word of God? What's your attitude toward the Bible? What do you actually believe about the Bible? And, and that's, when I say, what do you believe? I'm not talking about head knowledge here. In your heart of hearts, not theological mumbo jumbo. I believe God is this, that, and the other. I'm not talking, I'm saying, how do you incorporate what you believe about the word of God into your daily life, into your daily existence? It goes beyond feelings. This woman had to feel ignored and rejected by the God of heaven the very one she was putting her trust in for her daughter to be set free. But she didn't stop. As children of God, sometimes we have a covenant and we still go by our feet. Well, I didn't feel anything. I don't feel anything. But Lord, I want to feel your presence. I didn't feel anything today. Big deal. You felt him, you didn't feel him. You know, sometimes it's, I'll tell you this, sometimes it's easier to feel the presence and power of the Holy Spirit when you're new to the things of God. I mean, when we first got filled with the Holy Spirit, we, we, would come into, we would come into church and we'd just lift our hands up and just begin to weep or just be overwhelmed by the presence of God. But hey, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know how I many? You know if you if you if you drink a, a lot of wine over time, you don't get the same buzz. You know the law of dissipation. You 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 have to have more to get the same feeling. That's why people become alcoholics. They start with a little, but you can be addicted to the Holy Spirit and have moments where you <clears throat> you say, well, "I don't feel anything." I I don't I don't I, I wonder if I'm feeling what these people are feeling today. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because faith is not a feeling. Do you really believe in your core that the Bible is the absolute final authority in our lives or is it just something God said from the ancient past? Is God still speaking or communicating from his word today. And I wanna to say to you today, I wanna to proclaim this to you loud and strong. Everything God does is through the activation of his word. From let there be light and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word of God is alive. Jesus said, you can't add to it or take away from it. In fact, he said every letter, every, in, in the Jewish language, every jot or tittle, every, every little mark that, was, that is in the written word of God is important. <clears throat> every, for, for our way of thinking, every period, every comma, every semicolon is important. I read a story a long time ago. I want to share it with you again because it was so funny to demonstrate how important every little word is in certain things. 
in the past, a wealthy woman one day was traveling overseas and saw a bracelet she thought was irresistible. So she sent her husband this cable, have found wonderful bracelet, price $75,000. May I buy it? Her husband wired back, back in the days of telegrams, and said to the cable operator, no, comma, price too high. But the cable operator omitted the comma, so the woman received this message, no price too high. <laughs> Elated, she purchased the bracelet. Needless to say, at her return, her husband was dismayed. It was just a little thing, a comma, but what a difference it made. Every little part of scripture, every little piece, do you believe? See, a lot of people, we can have a head knowledge. Well, I, yeah, I believe the Bible is the, the inspired word of God. Okay, but what about it when it says to you something that you don't feel or like? Or in, you, you wanna do the cafeteria style Christianity where you take the scriptures you like and you put out the ones, you just ignore the ones that you don't like. That's not the way it works, my friends. Why is this important? I'm telling you, it's super important. <clears throat> because the Bible says in Hebrews 4, 12 from the Amplified, for the word, the logos, the written word of God that's, that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. Do we have that up there? Do we, we're gonna put that on the screen. I don't know if you have that in the, in the machine there. Let's say it again, Hebrews 4, 12 from the Amplified. For the logos, the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. The Bible is, a, is alive. It is a living book. It is, listen, Jesus is the living word. He is the Bible with skin on. He's the Bible come to life. The word of God, the logos, the word that God speaks is alive and full of power making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. The word of God has power, it has energy, has energy. You feeling lethargic today? Was it, in, was it Star Trek when they'd go into the transporter? They'd say, energize. Energize. You get in that word, you get in that, you get in that book in the morning before you go to work, you're gonna have more energy than you would have if you're gonna read your book, you know, read the Bible later that night. Start your day, <clears throat> get a little something, get that word inside of you. Why? Because even morsels of truth are enough to set people free. Even morsels of truth are enough to set you free. If it can free this woman, I mean, Jesus stopped the whole meeting. He said, lady, your faith is strong. Your faith is impressive. Your faith, he went from ignoring this woman and telling her she's not even qualified to saying, well, your faith goes beyond. Your faith has brought you into covenant. Your faith has covered you in this thing and I, you know, this is another one of those marvels where Jesus makes this statement 
And he's blown away because she's just looking, she's not looking. Listen, here's what we do. <clears throat> Lord, if you want to give me a miracle, would you send a prophet with angels around them, with harps? And they and they, and and they, and then they 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 call me out of the service and have me stand up and come to the front and then they tell me everything I've ever done and then they tell me what you want to do and then I'll believe it. That's it. That's that's those of us that are in this spirit-filled life. We we want a hundred confirmations. We want to be super dramatic. This little woman just wouldn't take no for an answer because she believed his word was so powerful. She didn't need the whole filet mignon. She just needed a little piece of bread to fall off the table. And her daughter was healed that instant. She didn't get prayed for. He didn't go to her house. He didn't call out her name. <clears throat> we don't even know in scripture what her name was. Not that she wasn't important, but it was important for us to know that Jesus didn't call out her name like he did Zacchaeus. When I think of morsels, I think of chocolate chips. The old Nestle's Toll House morsels. I can get behind some chocolate chips. I don't know about you. I, when, I'm, when I'm trying to watch myself, I don't cut out chocolate. I just get smaller amounts and let it kind of sit there. Some of you put little pills under their tongue, you know, to kind of let them dissolve. I just let a chocolate chip dissolve and I take it as, okay, I'm good. When I travel in a few weeks, I promise you, I will have a little bag of chocolate chips and it will be gone by the time I get back. And I, won't, I don't, and I won't do a ton of stuff, but I'll, I gotta have chocolate chips. If you really trust in the power of God's word, you'll, go, you'll start looking for the morsel and then you'll hang your hat on it. You'll grab it. Think about the people around the world that were in countries like China where we've smuggled Bibles in twice. A Bunch of people from our church went. Dave was with me one time. Pastor Chris was with me. We smuggled Bibles into China. One of the highlights of my life, I don't know about you, Dave. One of the highlights of my life, it was like, it was like, it was like you know, James Bond stuff. But we were told that a lot of the people in China, we were smuggling these Bibles in, these little small Bibles. We were smuggling them in because a lot of people in China back then, there was a great, the revival's still been going on 25 years, like, Thousands are getting saved every day for the last 25 years in China, and it's still going on. But they said a lot of people had one page, and they would read it for years. And then they would find somebody else who had a different page, and then they would trade. What if all you had was a few verses? Dear Lord, what if all you got was Leviticus? I mean, it's a great book, Lord. I'm not complaining about Leviticus, but my gosh. It's the rules and the begats. What if that's all you had to try to know who God is? 
This woman says, I just need a crumb. Just give me a morsel. I love Isaiah 55, verse 10. For as the rain, this is God speaking about himself. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return any more than a raindrop goes back up or a snowflake goes back up. It shall not return to heaven or to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Every word God has spoken, he is speaking, he is sending to you. And he's sending it to you that it may accomplish its purpose. Because in in it is the very power to fulfill itself. Every promise of God has the power in itself to fulfill. God can manifest his presence. My friends, if you want to, I read a poll recently. If you want to understand why our country has experienced such steep moral decline over the last few decades, listen to this. This is a 1987 poll of 10,000 American pastors by sociologist Jeffrey Haddon. This is 35 years ago. You want to know why we're in a mess? Here it is. It clearly reveals the effects of a significant change of belief through the passage of time. When asked if they believe that the scriptures are the inspired and inerrant word of God, listen, in faith, history, and secular matters. In other words, that the the word of God governs everything. In 1987, 95% of Episcopalian pastors said no. 87% of Methodist pastors said no. 82% of Presbyterians said no. 77% of American Lutherans said no. And even the Bible-believing American Baptists, 67% of American Baptist pastors 35 years ago said, no, we don't think it's the inerrant-inspired word of God that it has power over our daily lives in faith and in secular things and in every aspect of life and in history. And here we are 35 years later in the mess we're in. Why? Because in the pulpits, we, 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 we taught pastors in, in seminaries all this head knowledge, all this stuff about the brain, theological truths. And we forgot that the Bible is simply God speaking to us every day about anything that pertains to life and godliness. That's what the Bible says. Peter wrote that that through Jesus, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, whereby he's given unto us great, exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these promises, we might become partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. Is that amazing? He's going to say, you can say, Pastor, I just don't feel like God gave me everything I need to really live a godly life. Then you don't know the word. Then you don't know the word. If you don't know the word, you don't know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know the word. But if you know him, 
You love him, you begin to experience him. <clears throat> Listen, as the shepherds go, so goes the sheep. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. We need clear Bible-based preaching and instruction again. And may it be from this pulpit, from this generation and the next generation and the next one after that. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> we will not back down from the word of God. Titus 1 Verse two says this, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, let's stop there for a second. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie. Several places in scripture say that phrase. God can't lie. He can't lie. If he said it, we believe it. Why? Because if he said it, <clears throat> it's the decree of a king the king of the universe. When he said light be and creation happened, how many know the sun still came up this morning? In fact, in freezing cold temperatures, we had the sun more brightly coming up today than we have all week. I can take the cold if the sun is out. I don't know about you. It's those dark days that are tough. So in hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie, watch this, <clears throat> promised before time began. But has in due time manifested his word through preaching. You know, the Bible says preaching seems like foolishness to those who are outside. And there's, a, there's still a lot of arguments, even in our own community. Do we need, well, if I'm a Christian, I, you know, I, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Well, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven. And you don't have to technically go to church to be a Christian. But I'll tell you this, you have to go to church to have the word manifested in your life through preaching. Well, what about podcasts? Well, that's great, but it misses the Shema. It's, it's like the difference between hearing uh, a, a, a song on the radio and going to a concert. How many agree there's a difference? There's a difference in, there's a difference in um, watching the football championships this afternoon and going to the game. There's a difference. And the difference is that presence, that something in the air. It's something tangible. That's why the live worship of our team a few weeks ago was great. It was good when we had to have it pre-recorded because Pastor Lindsay and several of the team, they were, they were so generous, they just kept passing the virus around. <clears throat> Share it with everybody. So we had one Sunday and nobody was ready. It was good. If you were here, you know, I mean, we, we worshiped God. We captured what we could capture and in that moment, we could go beyond what was on the screen and just worship God. But it's still different, isn't it? The presence, that shema, that, that tangible, that, that sense of what we felt a few moments ago when Pastor Lindsay was speaking over us about healing and miracles, right? Singing miracles over us. It's different. 
God cannot lie. Every word he says is a sovereign decree. In fact, the Bible says when he wanted to heal the children of Israel in the day of the destroyer coming in Egypt, he said, gather in the homes and put the blood over the door, the blood of a spotless lamb. And the Bible says this in Psalms, he sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them of all their diseases and not one feeble, not one weak, not one lethargic was among all their tribes, three million people. Not one weak because they went in obediently under that blood covering, a type and symbol of the blood of Jesus. Others say they believe the Bible to be the word of God, but they don't think it's relevant for today because of its ancient context. That's a cop-out because either you believe it or you don't believe it. Well, I believe it is. I believe it was truly written, but it's not relevant for today because it doesn't, the Bible doesn't understand where we are today and we're so smart and so advanced and so enlightened. Yeah, you're about as enlightened as the people in Babel. We believe that the Bible is as true and authoritative now as it was 2,000 years ago. 66 books, over 40 different authors, yet one theme, salvation through a Savior named Jesus. The Bible even claims its own relevance. 2 Timothy 3, 16 from the message says, Every part of Scripture, every part of Scripture, every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, and training us to live God's way. That's what it says of itself. My friends, crumbs of truth still change the world. I don't know when you first believed, but I'd venture a guess that you didn't have a big understanding of God or the Bible, but that you got a crumb, some taste on your tongue to taste and see that the Lord is good. Something that made you want more God takes the little things of this world, mustard seeds, become big trees. In one case, <clears throat> Elijah, there was no food in the land. And he found a widow woman according to the word of the Lord that came to him. God said, go to Zarephath. I've got a woman there who's gonna sustain you. He thought he's going to a rich widow's house to wait out the drought. When he got there, he said, what are you doing? She said, I'm making my final meal. We don't have any food. All I got enough for is to make a little cake. He said, then make me some first. What? You old fat thing, been eating at, the, eating at the ravine, getting fed barbecue by ravens, delivering meat every morning and every evening. That's what the Bible says. They're getting, he's getting food 
Every day, he's getting meat. She didn't have meat. She got enough for a few pancakes. He says, give me a little cake first, and you'll never lack. Elisha comes along, the man with the double portion. He runs into a widow woman, and she's mad. She said, my, my husband was one of your servants, and he died, and he left us in debt, and now the banker's coming to take our sons and put them into servitude, put them into slavery to work off this debt. I'm gonna lose everything. And he didn't say, well, let me find something for you. He said, what do you have in the house? What do you have left? Stop telling me what you don't think you have. What do you have? She said, I got a little oil. He said, oh, that's all you need. God uses crumbs for miracles. She poured that oil, little tiny thing of oil, poured it into a, a big Tupperware container and filled the whole thing up. He said, go get as many pots and pans and containers as you can, get as many vessels. She got everything in the neighborhood and beyond. She filled them all up out of that miracle oil. But what'd she have to do? She had to pour out the little bit she had to get the first miracle. And then she sold all she had, all the oil, and lived off the rest, the Bible says. God can take your crumbs and multiply them if you just use them. Listen, a widow gave two pennies in the offering and Jesus stopped the whole meeting and said, hey, disciples, come over here. This woman gave more than these other people. What? All she had was two pennies. Crumbs. What's that? She had crumbs. But she didn't give out of her abundance. She gave out of everything she had. Her last crumbs. Faith moves God. Little something. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise, the basic things to bring down the mighty. When the Bible says when you find a pearl in a field, pay whatever you have to pay for that field because that pearl is priceless. Doesn't look very big. Doesn't look very impressive maybe. He only needs the smallest of seeds to make the tallest of trees. Smallville is a great place to start. Just don't get stuck there. Expand. Grow. Believe. Trust him. He always starts. Listen, God always starts where we are, usually when we don't have much of anything. Usually that salvation experience happens when we actually get to the end of our rope and say, I don't really feel like I have much to give you, but if you can take this mess, here you go. Crumbs. My one friend said that the reason a bulldog has that ugly face with his nose peeled back is so he can grab a hold of your pants and hang on and still breathe. Tenacity, bulldog faith. Yeah, get off! 
Just keep hanging on. We got to have that kind of faith. That woman would not take no for an answer. She just kept arguing with the Son of God. The audacity. So what's your real attitude toward the word of God? Has the Bible become optional to you in COVID? Well, I'll get to it when I can. Well, I'm real busy now. Oh, I can't get back to church yet. What's your attitude toward the preaching of the word? Toward the manifestation of miracles? Is it optional to your heart or breathed out by the creator of the universe and received into your heart by faith? Only you can answer that question. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm just trying to tell you that if you're living in less than God's best for your life right now, look at your own attitude toward the Bible. Is it a dust collector on your table? A nice decoration to look, make you look religious when company comes over? Or something you dig into for, very, for life itself and the secrets of living? Finally, God honors crummy faith. He honors it. He honors crummy faith. Little morsels of promise tenaciously embraced. Little promises. Look, if all you knew was by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. You got enough for a miracle. If all you knew is that that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, you got enough for a financial breakthrough, my friend. If that's all you knew, but that's not all God gave you. I love this. Hebrews 11, 11. Faith Hall of Fame. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed And she bore a child when she was past the age. How many believe 90 is past the age? How many think 90 is past the age? How many many think 60 is past the age? Sorry. Sorry, honey, it's past the age. how How did she break through? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. The Bible says of her husband Abraham, Romans chapter four, against all hope, he believed in hope and gave glory to God despite all the circumstances and the way his own body felt at 100. Because he counted that if God said it, he could do it. It's time to leave Smallville and go past your limits. Just grab a crumb from God. One scripture, one thought, one promise can change your life. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the preaching of the word. That The promise of your word says that when we preach it, that what we preach about comes into the room. 
that what we preach about manifests, that what we declare in faith, what we prophesy has the power to be fulfilled in this rich atmosphere. Holy Spirit, would you come and move in the lives of your people today? In every home, there are needs. In every heart, there are cries for breakthrough. But more than anything, what we need is you. We need your presence, your power, and the power of your word to manifest, to come into the room and shift us from where we've been trapped to where you want us to be. Today we ask you, we seek you, and we knock on your door. And you said to everyone that asks, they shall receive. And to him that seeks, he or she will find. And to him that knocks, the door will be opened. Lord, that's where we're at today. We need you, Holy Spirit. Spirit of Jesus, Spirit of grace, come and forgive us of our doubt and our fears and set us free by the crumbs of your truth. In Jesus' name. With your head bowed and eyes closed just for a moment, maybe you're at home, maybe you're in the hospital right now. We release God's healing word to you right now. We release his healing word. in this room or wherever you're watching. What do you need God to do? That was my first question when I came on the platform this morning. What miracle do you need? Because if God can do the big thing, he can sure do the small thing too. What do you need God to do? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord of your life, if you're not born again, if, you don't, if you've never actually crossed over from that place of I wonder about God to I wanna know you, come into my life, here's the key to my heart. Today is your day. All over this place, every man, every woman, every child, wherever you are, whatever age, whatever you're going through in your life, don't think that God can't reach you. Take hold of the crumb of God's promise, even that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. If you can grab a hold of that, your life will be changed before you leave this room. And I pray it is. You don't have to have me lead you in a prayer. I try to do it every week, but somebody here, you just need to cry out in your own way. In your own way. God knows where you're at. He knows how you talk. In your own way. You need to cry out to him today. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you get something today? Put your hands together and let's praise him. Lord, thank you for your word. 
Thank you that your word, we esteem your word. We esteem it, we value it so much. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.